Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is The Ruck, the rugby podcast from The Times. So here we are, we've reached the final of the 2019 Rugby World Cup. Most of us predicted South Africa would be here, less thought it would be England who joined them. But not only have Eddie Jones' men got to the final, they start the match as favourites. How did we get here? Who's going to win? And will this wonderful tournament in Japan deliver one last night of drama? I'm Lawrence Delalio, and to help me answer all those questions, I'm joined by The Times' top team of Owen Slot, Stephen Jones and Alex Lowe. Gentlemen, the last two final acts of this Rugby World Cup are upon us. How's it been this week? What's everyone been up to, Slotty? Just serving my readers mainly, Lawrence. Yeah. Just, that's all we do. We just serve the readers uh, of the Times. Wonderful. Well, no karaoke this week. Actually, no karaoke at all. Do we have, have we had any fun? I mean, do you get do you get busier, gentlemen, as the as the uh, you know as the as the World Cup draws to the uh, to the final two games, or yeah. are, are you like the players? You know, think the coach eases up on you, and the editors don't ask for quite as much. Probably no, get probably the, the reverse, isn't it? The opposite. Billy Vinopolo was saying today that he'd heard that the uh, the O three tournament that, that training eased off, and then <laughs> he said that's that's news to us because they got put through their paces yesterday, and yeah. it's actually. Doesn't apply to us. It gets it gets busier from a work perspective. We had what do we have? A twenty page pull out on last Friday, and then mm. ten more pages of rugby on the day of England New Zealand, and then we'll have uh, similar this week um, World Cup final week. I mean, so, so what are we saying that 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 everyone back home is going mad for rugby basically, and it's, like it's it. getting. Well, the, and the, Lawrence, the, we also have, we've also got at least. Ten people each ring saying, "Can you get some tickets?" Yeah, yeah. and we've also probably got at least five people, mates who have just arrived, saying, "Oh, I've just got to Tokyo. Are you coming out tonight?" Go, oh, yes, that's really what we. What oh, I'm glad, I'm glad. I'm glad. Well, I'm glad that's happening because that's exactly where where our lives do converge. Because I can I can assure you, the uh, the tickets and the demand for tickets has been phenomenal. As have you'd you expect. Have you got any more? Uh, no, I certainly haven't. Okay, all right. <laughs> I mean, just, I've, just asking. I've got my son arriving over here, Enzo, who's 18 years old, just turned 18 he oh. missed the Rugby World Cup final in 2003 because he was two and I told my wife don't bother bringing him because that would be a waste of time uh, he came to the World Cup in 07 even though I did tell my wife don't bring him because it's going to be a waste of time <laughs> <laughs> and he watched the uh, the World Cup on the shoulders of Owen Farrell who was our babysitter at the time because obviously I was playing with his father Andy Farrell and of course two years later Owen Farrell was playing rugby for England 
And I turned the telly on and Enzo, my son, said, Dad, that's the babysitter. I said, mm, I haven't talked to you about that yet. I don't think he won't be babysitting for you anymore. And, of course, the babysitter is now the leading light, if not the captain of England. Um, so, What was he like as a babysitter? Did he say, every day I'm going to improve? I'm going to be, I'm going to be grum- better babysitting tomorrow. As hell. Well, <laughs> he was actually he was actually a lovely, lovely, lovely young boy, which he still is, by the way. He just doesn't tell you that. Um, but I, my son had no interest in uh, watching the game. He was wearing a Real Madrid shirt, and it was signed by the whole Real Madrid team, and didn't really have a clue. So anyway, I brought Enzo out here, flown him out here, and I've got to find him a ticket. So uh, right, okay. as you can imagine, I've managed to do that. But uh, yeah, he's really looking forward to. Uh, being reunited with his babysitter, hopefully with a World Cup winner's medal. Well, tell, him, tell him he can come write a couple of pages of the Times pull-out and then we'll pay for him as well. Well, luckily, Mrs Farrell is not after him like she's after oh, you. Oh, Christmas! <laughs> that didn't take long, did it? No, I, mean, I, I, paid, I paid Owen, Owen Farrell for his babysitting duties. Slotty, I mean, you, you've got to, you made your bed, you've got to lie in it, mate. Yeah. Absolutely savage. Yeah, I can't well. believe it. I thought slavery had been abolished. That's all, I can, that's all I can say about this week. I thought it had been abolished. But no, but the fever pit... I mean, I've been talking, as I'm sure all of you have, to what's going on back home, and it's obviously getting very, very exciting. We had 10 million people watching ITV's broadcast for the semi-final, which was uh, mega for the first semi-final. I'm not quite sure whether that dropped off in the second semi-final. We'll get on to that in a minute. Well, it would have started high, wouldn't it, and then dropped off within a minute. But what you say that... Excuse me, excuse me. That was a Rugby World Cup semi-final. It wasn't the ruddy barbarians, Okay. Yeah. All you've got to do is win it by one point. So you're okay with 81 kicks in the match? Absolutely fine. Well, I I can tell you that I certainly wasn't, because I was given... Not many South Africans had complained. I was given the afternoon off by ITV, as was Ben Kay, and we started watching the game, and we said, okay, we we think there's going to be a lot of kicks... Um, should we have a glass, half a glass of wine for every box kick? Which, <laughs> <laughs> which probably explains why why neither of us could do much work later on. But uh, it was uh, even even the great Martin Johnson, who was watching the game fairly close to us, said, "If this goes to extra time, we're all on suicide watch." I mean, that that they they so were. What if they've been in England? Well, when you said this is awful, I'm going to go. Let's all go. No, it was dramatic. I'll give you that. I mean, it was dramatic because Wales were in the game to the 73rd minute, and then when they conceded that penalty, which is still pretty controversial, yeah. So it went down. It went down the straight. And listen, not every um, not every pitch has to be painted the same way. I'm not. But but it, but it was just the extreme from from what we saw the day before. Mm. You know, which was just uh, even a neutral. I, I spoke to a lady. You know, who's coming home on the boat today. So that was the first game of rugby I've ever seen, and it was. You know, I'm in love with the game now. I said, I take it you didn't see the second game. <laughs> she said, No, I watched that too. She said it wasn't quite the same. She's was fallen it? out of love with the game now. Well, she? no, I mean, look. But 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 that's it is interesting this whole thing because you could and some people are portraying the final on Saturday as um, a, sort of a battle for the for the soul of rugby, if you like. And you know, England, are, 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 it's good v bad and beautiful Beauty and the Beast. Oh, I said that the other day, didn't I? Mm. I can't say that anymore. Anyway, that that's how it's being portrayed. And and but Jones, you, you you it's not a battle for the soul of rugby. It is a battle between two teams to become world champions. And just as the semi final yeah. was not a battle for brighter rugby. I don't disagree with you, but you can clearly say that one team's a bit further down the line than the other team. Are South Africa here a few years early? The answer is yes, they are, in my opinion. They're not a side who, you know, when Razi Erasmus took over, they were in an absolute mess, as was Eddie Jones when he took over England, by the way, but he took them over four years ago. Um, and what, you know, what both of those these coaches have done is nothing short of transformational, in, maybe in slightly different ways. But uh, no, listen, I agree with you, but I still believe... The South Africa probably 
were preparing for the World Cup in four years' time and getting to the final and having a shot of beating England is a bit of a bonus for them, even though he probably wouldn't admit that in his press conference. That That's certainly the feeling. Whereas Freddie Jones, according to us, Jonesy, it's, it's what he's set his stall out on right mm. from the off. And they keep telling us this. And we kept sort of thinking, really? Um, but he surely has delivered... Well, a tactical masterclass in the last couple of games. He certainly, uh, he certainly has, and um, you know everything he said before. However much we objected, all the insults and etc., and all all the the fanciful stuff, uh, he delivered when the time came in a quite magnificent style, yeah. and uh, really did. Alex, um, Eddie Jones has picked an unchanged fifteen. I mean, I'm sure he probably thought long and hard about it, but very, very hard for any coach let alone Eddie, to to drop any player after that performance against the All Blacks. And mm. I mean, he's obviously had to make a one change with Willie Hines very sadly uh, having an injury and, and Spencer coming over, um, which I don't think, you know, weakens the team in any way other than, you know, hopefully he's recovered from his journey. But uh, it's the right thing, isn't it, to, to name an unchanged side? Yeah, I think if, if any coach would have taken the practical view, it would have been Eddie Jones. I mean, he would have sold it to, had he decided to start with Farrell at 10, he'd have sold it to George Ford as he did in the week of the Australia game, which is, mm. you're as important to us off the bench as, as you are starting. And I think I think even for, for the New Zealand game, he named the bench to the team before he named the starting 15. Yeah. So he's, he's, he's trying to convince everyone they've got a, a huge role. H- having said that, the logic in picking Ford and Farrell is, is, is clear because of the control it gives them the opposition, the, the one reason for not picking George Ford was was Damien Dearlandi running straight at him. But I think John Mitchell's defensive system is going to be it, it's so smart that England will cope with that. And, and the benefits of picking him uh, in order to, to help get around that sort of squeeze defence and the, and the pressure that yeah. they expect South Africa to, to apply to them means that it, um, you can see the logic in it. And, and I think he'll have, he'll have weighed it up and it'll, he will have made it as a proactive decision, a proactive selection. It won't be... And I, it, was, it was interesting that the Australia week when he said, well, we're going to pick this midfield because mm. we need to cope with Karevi and their power runners. But actually, when you got to the game, you realised it was a proactive decision because he knew that, New Zealand, that Australia were just going to run at them all day. Mm. So he, he devised a game plan to just kick at them, allow them to run straight into the teeth of that defence. Mm. So his decision making is, is is pragmatic and and on the on front foot and I, and we got wind of it a couple of days ago and he was going to pick Ford Farrell and the more I think about it the more sense I can see in it because of the need to try and get out of that arm wrestle. Yeah, uh, Lawrence, Alex gets winds of everything. Yeah, I don't he know. If, I don't know if you know, he knows everything. He gets wind of everything. Yeah. He knew he knew Eddie's team before he'd selected it. When did he write? When did he write that Ford was going to be in the team? Uh, did we do it in Wednesday's paper? Yeah, so like Tuesday. So Tuesday's paper. Oh no, I can't remember now. On Tuesday, at least thirty-six hours before he picked the he team. He knows the result of the final as well. Yeah, he does. Well, he's our man on the inside, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. he's, he's unbelievable! Unbelievable! It's yeah. St. Lawrence with Ben Spencer. Um, I've seen nothing whatsoever in this World Cup to persuade me that he didn't deserve to be at the start. I think I think the team's actually strengthened. Yeah. Well, of course, it is. I mean, they've got a guy who's going to come off the bench who can do something. You can turn well, a game. He's, another, he's a guy who's, who's not 
going for his first medal at the weekend, is he? He's, going, he's already got quite a few in the cabinet. And uh, I say that as a as someone who who has watched him be picked ahead, you know, been behind Richard Wigglesworth for quite some time. And then even Saracens have said, actually, no, you're you're good enough to, to be our starter in the European Cup final and win and be our starter in the Premiership final and win. So um, quite why Eddie Jones couldn't pick him, do you think I do that, not know. What do you think of the, the, the whole sort of mindset of you're put on a plane, you're going to come over and you know you're going to play in a World Cup final? I mean, that's a... That's an extraordinary thing to get your head around, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Any chance they could bring Concord back so I could get there a bit quicker? <laughs> uh, I mean, that would be the that would be the only downside is that I couldn't get there quick enough. Really, there is a body of thought that if there wasn't a, a rugby season going on on the other side of the world, that you'd have this pool of players that were just circling around the skies of Japan because uh, you know the only the only thing that sort of set them back is the fact that he's only arrived. Well, minus luggage, halfway. Okay, halfway. Lawrence, how would you feel if Ben Young's pulled up injured after two minutes and he has to play the rest of the game? Uh, no problem at all, um, because I, because from what you've seen of him, he's you know he's very comfortable. In, also, he plays inside Farrell. He's very, Saracen, very comfortable he? in and around that that group, that environment. The, the whole nucleus of that England team are guys who have who are serial winners. They're just this is their you know I've always felt this is their evolution. They've they've won domestically, they've won European trophies, and. You know, this is the natural thing for them to do, to step up to the plate. It's been interesting this week, going to training. We're only allowed in for the first 15 minutes of of training, but I went up there in the rain on... But not you, Monday. surely, I mean, because you're, you're <laughs> different from the rest. No, I'm I mean, absolutely you... not allowed in. Yeah, I was watching Carl for boxing and, and doing yeah. some of the iGym work, the reactions work, and, and um, he's been trying to recover from a tight car. Yeah. In a position there's no backup. Mm. And England lost uh, Willie Hines in a position where there's no backup. And so the, the two roles that Eddie Jones decided to take a, a gamble on within the 31, yeah. he's been sweating over them both this week. And, and <clears throat> he, he wasn't sufficiently concerned about Sinclair to fly anyone else out, which, no. which I, I always took as a as a huge clue that they were confident enough he was going to play. Because you wouldn't want Joe Marler being the backup tight head prop for a World Cup yeah. final. But, it's good, but, but again, as good as Eddie Jones has been, and he's been absolutely magnificent, I mean, in actual fact, other than... Uh, one comment during a press conference, he, he probably hasn't put a foot wrong, really. But you do need that tiny bit of luck. In, in you know, Clive Woodber got yeah. to a World Cup final with with everyone, you know, pretty much in, in fit to play and yeah. fit to select. And Nelly Jones, apart from Jack Noel, maybe I don't know what's going on behind the scenes there. But other than that, you know, maybe he's fit. But he's been fortunate, as you yeah. say, in, in the two crucial positions. You know, and every everyone went with two scrum halves. Let's talk about South Africa for a second because. You know, we're in danger of, of, of forgetting that they're, that they're quite a worthy opponent who have beaten England several times already, beaten Eddie Jones's England. They probably should have won it uh, in the autumn uh, when Owen Farrell was uh, was fortunate not to not to get carded. But they've made one change as well. Cheslin Colby comes in. Mm. Who we all know what he's capable of. I mean, I guess that. They're not likely to change their game plan, Jonesy, from what from what they've from what we've seen of them, and that doesn't mean it will be a bore snore like the Wales game. But they're not going to play a lot differently from what we've seen. No, they're not. They're not going to play a lot differently. But I think they should. I think that they only got going on Saturday when their samey back. Oh, sorry, on Sunday when their samey back row was changed, and Florence Florence. From the magic roundabout, yeah. and uh, and uh, Low came on um, and and started winning turnovers, and I think they missed a trick. I think they should have kept him. I think both the locks are, are the same player under different names, and I think they're too samey. I think they should. I think Low should have come into the team, but massive uh, front on Elende's good. 
Colby adds another dimension which they didn't have. And just one one more thing uh, I'd say about the team. What a tribute to Tendai Matawira. Is that, did I say that right? You got it, spot on, mate. Thank you. Do it again. The Beast. What a tribute to The Beast. <laughs> um, very well done there. Over 100, ca- 100 caps. As a guy of colour, as they call him over there, he, he gave them a kind of the transformation mm. uh, appearance. Over 100 caps, loose head prop. Magnificent bloke. What what an absolute triumph for him to, to, to come into a World Cup final. So I think they'll be really good, really powerful. Mm. Have they got... A scoring edge, or do England only have to score eighteen points, and that's enough? Well, I don't know. I think they they have a certain way of playing, which 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 is not new. It, it goes back to Brendan Benter, probably goes back to a number of other South African coaches, you know, before then. That what they do in their own twenty-two is non-negotiable. Mm. What they do in the um, between the the twenty-two and the halfway line is pretty much non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. And then what they do from the halfway line onwards is well, there's a degree of flexibility, you know, and, and that's the way that they play and. You know, you could argue that if New Zealand had played a bit more like that, then they probably would have been in the game for a lot longer mm-hmm. instead of trying to run out of their own 22 and, and causing them problems. So Agreed. it's going to be fascinating to see whether they deviate from that. The, the only thing I, a lot of people are saying, well, if England score early, it means that South Africa got, have got to play. Um, and the answer is yes, they have got to play, but that doesn't make them any less a dangerous side because as the All Blacks have found out, you know, when they decide to throw the ball around, they, they can do that quite well too. That, that tactical thing we talked about on the, on the last pod, but against Australia, England played a team who they knew weren't going to kick at all from their own half. I can't even remember what we talked about on the last pod. Well, we were just saying, well, I was saying that the, the, how, how Eddie plans for this game it's going to be really interesting. Oh, yes. You said something really smart, didn't you? No, no. But that was typical. Anyway. It's not insider trading. Anyway. We've got to be very careful because there's a we lot of have. very important people that listen to this pod. So uh, if there's any insider trading you need to know about it, you need to declare. No, definitely none. Uh, the, the, the Wallabies didn't kick at all from their own half and South Africa will kick everything. Mm. Um, and so Eddie will have to come up with a new mm. game plan. And Scott Weismantle was saying today that the attacking opportunities that gives England is they know they're going to get the ball back. Do you, do you think? Do you think, uh, Owen? You, we were all at the well. You guys were at the press conference. I was on a, on an art island in Nairashima, somewhere right in, miles and miles away, uh, primarily because my wife booked it. Uh, so, um, but no, but you are an aesthete, Lawrence. Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, you yeah, know, what so, can so I it's say? Because your wife wanted to be there. Well, I can't even remember what I was going to ask you now. So, okay. uh, but no press I, conference. I think uh, was it a press conference? No, no, no. It wasn't East Street. I mean, was no. that Fleet Street or East Street? I don't know what that means. Well, anyway, carry on. Anyway, don't worry. We've uh, England starters favourites as they did probably in two thousand and three. All, right, all right. So, listen. I know you haven't can't remember the question you're about to ask yeah. me, but what I'd like the way I'd like to answer it is say. Do you do you seriously think that South Africa will go in just with the same thing? That they can't do that because they surely can't. No, score I can tell you quite. I've, I've, I've suddenly remembered and, and the question. They, and do they not play more when they play against New Zealand? They play uh, they play what? more rugby against New Zealand because they know they can't what, beat New Zealand what, what, just with that one. What was one quite tack. interesting is that England came out of the blocks so quick and with such. Kind of freedom that freedom that no one expected them ever to play with. Certainly, no All Black fan I I met in the stadium, either before, during, or after, went, "Wow, where did that come from?" We knew that England would defend. We knew that they would kick well. We didn't know that they would attack well, uh, and they attacked from minute one. You know, Eddie Jones has said in this press conference, "We we're going to play with 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 courage. We're going to play with no fear, <coughs> and we're going to go at South Africa right from the start." 
I mean, does he really mean that? I mean, you know, does he does he really mean they're gonna they're gonna play in that absolutely that same way? And he said, I hope they do. I hope they play the same way too, which we know they probably won't. But it's it's fascinating to see how kind of sparky he is in the press conference. He, he's really upbeat, and he seems to have this team just the, the time to perfection. I mean, I, I've got to hold my hand now. So we just about got over the line in 03. We were we were hanging on at the end, but he seems to have timed his run. To absolute perfection. You've got to remember, in, in 03, it had never been done before, though. You were the first of the Pathfinders, and that was the difficult one. Mm. I'm not saying this is not a difficult one. My God, people still don't realise. I mean, the, the, Northern, the Southern Hemisphere dominated right for donkey's years. Mm. That's what the big thing about that was. This, this time, though, uh, England are coming in as one of the contending teams. They've proved it, and they're favourites for the final. The first, and that, that, is, that is a big deal. The first two tests of last year's Tour of South Africa... England roared out of the blocks, just as mm. we described, and opened a lead. Yeah. And then crumbled at altitude yeah. uh, as the box came back at them. The evidence that we've seen of, of the team as they are now is that they can roar out of the blocks and then maintain that, that intensity that they were unable to do partly or maybe mainly because they were training at, at sea level and playing at altitude. I just wonder when Eddie's book comes out if he'll actually ever admit that he completely messed yeah. that up. But you're right. They were those first two tests at altitude. They were brilliant for 20 minutes, and then they say that altitude you hit the wall after 20 but if minutes. But they have that, same, just literally on mm. the clock, they, they, they yeah. just went if back. They have that same 20 minutes on Saturday. Yeah, you'd back them now to maintain it. Uh, no, maybe not the free scoring, but the intensity and the control. Yeah, because if you look at England's best performances of the last year, they controlled those 20 minutes, but then then fell away, and then. Six Nations, they controlled the game against Ireland in a certain way, against France, who were a shambles in the Six Nations. They controlled the game against Australia and New Zealand. So however they do it, I think what he means is we're going to come out and from the, from the outset, we want to be in control of this game, dominating it in the way that suits our game plan. Do you, do you think that um, given if England were to win this World Cup, and they are, you know, they're heavily tipped to do so, they would have beaten Australia, New Zealand and South Africa... It's almost a perfect storm for Eddie Jones because mm. he, he understands the Australian mindset because he's coached that team for six years. He understands the All Black mindset better than any other coach in the world because he's got the best record against the All Blacks. And he coached South Africa as advisor for many years. So, you know, he understands the African mindset as well. He, so in terms of how he imparts that knowledge to his team, both in terms of the mental preparation, physical preparation, etc., you know, it, it's kind of worked out as the mm. perfect storm, really. You couldn't ask for a better coach to, to give you an, an idea of that mindset and, and to construct a game plan. I agree with all that. It, it, I agree with what you said, but it's also the, the ultimate statement of a world champion if you can go yeah. through... If you can go through Australia, New Zealand, and South Africa, we sort of seem well, to be assuming that he's going to do it. Not discounting and, and Argentina, Argentina, Argentina yeah. before that. Mm. I mean, the one the one team that they haven't done that you did, Lawrence, was Uruguay, which you you know you absolutely put well, them to well, the well, sword. Well, me personally, yeah. Oh, were you playing that? I was that playing. Day? You yeah. were. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was. I was. I shouldn't have been. I should have been no, rubbing but, but suntan it's, lotion into Richard Hill's back. If if, you if you're going, <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> like that. What's wrong with you, that? You knocked yeah. me off my stride there, mate. But 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 you know, if you're gonna if you're going to win a World Cup going through those three no, Southern listen, Hemisphere I, Giants I, I think I've already, I've already gone on record as saying I think it would be the greatest World Cup achievement of any side you know in the in what well, we had eight so far this is the ninth this would be, it would be because you know everyone knows you've got to win seven games or in this case six games to win a World Cup final but mm. you know normally you play the Southern Hemisphere twice um, and you know for England to do it three times and in each of the knockout stages back to back mini tri-nations 
you know, that is quite unbelievable, quite frankly. Yeah. Quick question I want to ask is the referee, Jerome Garces, first Frenchman to referee a World Cup final. So much column inches have been written about his involvement, certainly by, by people back home on social media, etc., etc. He's refereed a, a top 14 final. He's refereed the European Cup final. So, uh, you know, he's refereed South Africa a number of times in this tournament. But by nature of the fact, he, you know, he is the world's, one of the world's best referees. And we're, everyone is absolutely OK with his appointment, you know, 100%, right? No. Uh, are we? I don't know. I don't have an issue Our with man it. in the Times disagrees, I, I, I don't have an uh, issue yeah, with it. Rob Devney, who is our sort of former referee who, who uh, gives a bit of an insight into, into mm. the officials, uh, was really critical of his handling of that semi-final and mm. the way that he just allowed a, uh, a complete mess at the breakdown mm. which um, did not help the game mm. flow I mean the, the, the tactics were there but the, the breakdown was I, a mess I have, to say, I have to say I can't disagree with him because you know I've always felt that Jerome Garces refuses to blow the whistle yeah. uh, mm. as much as any other referee he refuses to go into his pocket for cards and, and the, the, with, I would have thought that would play perfectly into South Africa's hands because they they love a counter ruck, the huge men as we we mm. discussed. But I think we had some stats in the paper that England have won something like ten out of fifteen with Garces and the box of lots Boxer of won five from fifteen. There you go. Yeah, so he, I've, that's I've actually had a stat. Thing is, five out of fifteen. We, we all know Wayne Barnes was going to do the final if England weren't in yeah. it. Yeah. Nigel Owens is injured. Jerome Garces, I've always liked, but I don't, I don't, okay. think, yeah, I don't, I don't think that um, he's at, he's at his best. And these big South African forwards, <clears> if they get there over the ball and they and they lie on it, England are really England's plans go west. So hmm. I, I think he's rather fortunate. But there's been worse referees, Andre Watson for a start. Sorry, Mr. Watson, Andre Watson for a start has <laughs> absolutely shown. Well, so it won't yeah. be that bad. Well, well, listen, let's hope that World Cup finals should always be decided by a player winning the game Absolutely. rather than a player losing the game or a referee making a decision that allows the team mm. to win a game. So, you know, I was obviously um, trying, to, trying to discount that when I gave away the final penalty <laughs> that sent the game into extra time because uh, <laughs> I was very nearly the player that lost us the game and everyone had forgotten about Ben Kay. Uh, <laughs> I actually didn't realise that. So that well, was I, gave away, you, I gave away the last four penalties that sent the game into extra time, actually. But... Uh, and if I'd been playing prop, I'd have been another ten after that. Yeah. But, no, but but actually, I was just trying to give it a little bit of um, that, you know, extra dramatic. Uh, wasn't that the perfect example of this is the way the referee is seeing things, and whether he's right or wrong, you guys had to yeah. find a way out of it. You had to get around it. Well, it was very interesting. I mean, listen, we don't want to go into 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 that now, but it was interesting that Andre that was Andre Watson's second Rugby World Cup final, mm. and I noticed he's the only man to this date that's refereed two World Cup finals. Mm. And people were calling for Nigel Owens to referee this World Cup final because of the game, the style of game that we got between England and New Zealand. But mm. unfortunately, he's injured, and it never came down to that. Mm. But just moving on. Uh, Jonesy, this final means so much to both teams back home. You know, mm. South Africa, we know about the issues, the problems that they've got off the field of rugby in that country, which are, and rugby tends to be the thing that unites mm. them together. They've had messages from their president. It's their captain's 50th cap. You know, a black, a very black, proud South African mm. that's captain in the Springboks. And obviously it's huge back home for England as well. Just give us a, a sense of what it means for both look, both countries. Look, you three are all are all English born. Okay, I was born outside England, but I, I've, I've grown to love England with a passion from Hadrian's Wall to 
McCleary's house in, Bra- in Brighton. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, so I just thought that was a good one, wasn't it? I, I, tell, I tell you what, I absolutely love everything about in- England and the English. And I also know that having coached for like the 20 years that people need heroes and rugby has been struggling. The RF, you haven't given the community game. They've, they've, they've knifed the community game by, by reducing the funding. But English rugby clubs are the heart and soul of the game. And I just think that kids will be watching on sat- on Saturday, uh, mini kids, their parents, their brothers, their sisters, people who've given up rugby and but should be coming back to play for the A's and the B's and the C's, etc. It is a massive game for them. And I just love this idea of every clubhouse in Britain coming out and saying, we've won the World Cup. Let's get the kids out there. Let's make rugby put rugby back on the map. I've, I did a, a ring around before I came away of uh, of some people in, in the community game because my expectation was that the, the, the feedback I'd get from them was the, the RFU's cut, I mean, the, game's, the game is not ready dying, in England dying, yeah. to deal with the uplift in, um, uh, in participation and interest. And actually, while there were some people I spoke to were, were very cross about the, mm. the funding cuts to the community game, the people on the ground just said the rugby clubs will open their arms because because actually at that level at the at the, at the very junior level everyone's a volunteer yeah. and so if you know if England can win on Saturday and even if they don't win but the kids have been watching Kyle Sinclair and Owen Farrell and, and have got new heroes Anthony Watson and to, or well, yeah. the the entire team if they you know, if they've been inspired by the by watching that England team. What I learned from from my kind of my, my ring around um, before we came away is that the local clubs will just welcome them, no matter how many there are. Get them down there because the volunteers and the and the kids coaches are, are desperate to, to have Lawrence, them. In. One of the things yeah. I've noticed yeah. at, at this World Cup, we've talked about this a fair bit, is is the the England team when they came out here, they weren't a team of big personalities, or they weren't a team that. The, the, the old cliche, if the England rugby team walked down the street, how many people would know them? And there wouldn't be very many of them. Compare that to, to, to your 03 team, there were personalities from 1 to 15 and people recognised them. And I, one of the things that I think has been really great during this World Cup is a number of the of players have kind of stepped out of out mm. from the page and and, and become mm. bigger yeah. people. Well, they, mm. they haven't thought about it, but it's just happened because they've been caught up with the moment. They feel passionate about, about what they're doing and they they played like heroes as well. And, you know, Alex, uh, Carl Sink is probably number one. Mario Otoji has been fantastic. Owen Farrell in his own way. And I, and I think that's one of the great things about what's well, happened I the last so. few weeks is yeah. these players, that they people back home will be getting a proper impression of what brilliant people they are! They are, and, uh, but also I think that in the first years of of the Eddie Jones era, that the play the players were, were, were nowhere to be seen. Absolutely, you know, and yeah, I think that yeah. that was a lot to do with him, yeah. and, because he and, took centre stage, and a lot, to do, with them, right, a lot yeah. to do with them. And I think what's happened in in the last eighteen months, and and probably accelerated throughout this World Cup, is that there are personalities within that group, yeah. and mm-hmm. just that they they they've either taken the initiative away from Eddie and said, look, you know. If you've got to admit, you know he's come up with two masterclass game plans, but they, but he can't go and play the game for them. And actually, what they've done is they've delivered that with, with yeah. utter perfection. And now you're starting to see I, I think those the, personalities coming through. The RFU media uh, strategy 
is really been poor, and I think what this is a decade or two, decade or two, yeah, <laughs> certainly a decade, not, not much longer than that. <laughs> no, but I mean, I, I just think they're so lucky that this team's come through, and Eddie should step back and let these boys, should they win, revel in being bloody good personalities. Okay, so enough from us. How do the world's media think the final will go? Owen has been out to find out what they really think. Okay, so this is Matt Burke, who's... How many World Cup finals have you played in? Uh, just the one. I'm yeah. one from one. I sat on the bench in the uh, 03 one, so I was a bit filthy there. I was, I was Actually, I was in my suit on the sideline. Oh, so sorry about watch, that. Watching it all sort yeah, of transpire yeah. in front of me. Yeah. Okay, so, so Wallaby <laughs> World Cup winner from 99, now working for uh, TV in Australia. Correct, Channel 10 in Australia, yeah. Yeah, the, the only channel to watch. That's exactly right, yeah. Okay, yeah. Matt, who's going to win and why? Uh, I think England will win. The strength of their performance last week just showed me uh, what they can put on the on the um, on the ground, and more so, uh, you know, we I think we knew of their attacking ability uh, with Ford and Farrell and then Tualangi on that on that little bit on the on the width there. They were able to get that 50-50 ball away when it got to the width uh, against New Zealand, which a lot of times can't do. Uh, but then I think on the strength of their defence was outstanding. Uh, they they absolutely battered the opposition, and, and that's now these games are all about defensive orientated to start with. So when you scrum, when you line out, which they're very good at, but the defence is something that's incredibly. I was just blown away by the line speed that they had, uh, and then coupled that with a little bit of creativity that they have at the back end of the game. I think that's what's going to win this weekend. So you know, South Africa will be big and strong in the scrum in the lineup. Um, you know, I think all the stats show that they're you know sort of up there in. in terms of winning uh, but I don't think they have the running prowess I don't think they have the game to run the ball uh, that try against uh, Wales last week when Delandy scored against Bigger that was just a missed tackle so it, didn't, it wasn't anything creative I think England can create and I think that's why they'll, they'll win the weekend Okay, so I'm now with Dominique from L'Equipe, who's been following England for... How long have you been following England for? Four years. Four years. So you've been through the whole of this journey with us. So you've seen as much as any of us. Who do you think is going to win on Saturday and why? I think England will win. And why? Because uh, I think Eddie Jones brought a lot. And uh, you can see he's a great uh, coach. Some players say he's one of the best coaches of the world. I think he brought to England something uh, mental, a mental strength that they didn't have maybe before. And he seems to plan everything, every training session. And he, he, he looked from help to in other sports with the soccer coaches, great coaches. I think he really brought something. And we could see against the All Blacks that England is... England players are really in control of their, their game. They, they own their game. I don't know if it's the right way to say it. So I'm here with Rory O'Connor, a lead rugby writer for... Irish Independent. Yeah, I know that. I just want me to tell people who you write for, the Irish Independent. I thought you'd forgotten, Sladdy. No, no, that's, that would be embarrassing, wouldn't it? So, Rudd, who's going to win and why? I, I think England, if they can get anywhere near the performance they produced against New Zealand and the performance they produced in Dublin back in February as well which I think was probably the closest they've gotten to it all year but I have a feeling South Africa will bring something to the party that we haven't seen since the opening night against uh, New Zealand and they can match England physically so I think it'll be closer than a lot of people are thinking I think it will go down to the wire and if it is tight I think that 
bench could just get them over the line but England have more options more try scoring ability better creativity and the power to match them so I think England will win but I, I don't I, I, I'm not as convinced as, as, as unconvincing as, as a sound is how I feel about it as well I think it'll be tight alright so th- this is Tom Decent known, known to many of us as Decent Tom top rugby reporter for Sydney Morning Herald yeah and who's going to win and why uh, England in a canter by 13 points they'll be able to back it up Eddie will have them firing the master coach will have something under his belt um, unless South Africa play differently which I can't see them doing uh, as much as I'd like to see Rassie win uh, would like to see Eddie win more I just think England depth in their bench is far better and that All Blacks performance was just never seen anything like it so um, yeah England by 13 this is my mate Tom Hamilton from ESPN that's me absolute king of rugby writing Who's going to win and why, Todd? Uh, England will win. Um, pretty tight until the last quarter, and then England will push through and win by about nine points. And he's been there before, and knows exactly what he's what's doing in these sort of situations. He's experienced the heartache, he's experienced the joy of a World Cup final. Mix both those together, a fit pack, fit team, and they'll win. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Listeners to this podcast will, well, we probably learn lots of Japanese because we provide a service, don't we? Yeah. Yeah, so this is this is our final Japanese class of the uh, Rugby World Cup, and we're going to start with Jonesy. We've been into Japanese now, and the three of us are fairly fluent, would you say? Well, I, I think we are. Hi. We, Hi. Sometimes we have breakfast in Japanese, don't we? Yeah. This is one that I, this is week one, really, isn't it? Hmm. Uh, Nihon ga daisuku. We love Japan. Nihon Gahai Suku. Something like that. We love Japan. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. What's the top one, Arth? Uh Oh, well, the top one's a long one. Mm. Right. Kyo Rorensu Lawrence Ga Anawarate Yokata. Uh, which means. <laughs> it's so nice of Lawrence to join us finally. He can speak Japanese. I guess my suntan. I've been somewhere down the south of the island, clearly nowhere near Tokyo. <laughs> It's a fair play. You can speak Japanese. We can all speak it. Right, Slotty, you do the next one. This is quite hard, actually. Eddie wa doyobi ni oni narimasu. Will Eddie be crowned king on Saturday? Can, can I just say, that sounds like something out of Star Wars, not, <laughs> not, not, not Japanese, but... Uh, oh. 
Maybe well. maybe we'll be a Jedi. <laughs> just re- repeat one more time, Slotty. Well, Lawrence is just totally slated my Japanese. No, right. Lawrence, you have a, you, you have a go at that one. You be there, Lawrence. That one there. That fellow at the top there. No, no, it's just okay. Ediwa doyobi ni oni narisimasu. And what does that mean, Alex? Jesus, uh, you sound brilliant. <laughs> Eddie, uh, will Eddie be crowned king on Saturday? Well, and the answer, and the answer, is, and the answer, the answer is, is Ediwa mo osomada to omu. Eddie thinks he's already the king. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well that, that brings us very neatly on to <laughs> predictions for Saturday. Um, so, Jonesy, will Eddie be crowned king on Saturday? Yes. I'll be terribly disappointed if he's not. And I, and I do love South African rugby as well. I think I think England will win. I think they'll win by the low end of double figures. And I think that uh, the, the, it'll be, the die will be cast with 20 minutes to go. I, th- I fancy England in a big way. Yeah, I, I think England now have shown us they've got the layers to their game, the intelligence, the tactics, and the ability to deliver it um, and to cope with whatever the box throw at them, which will, could well be slightly more than they threw against Wales. That's why I'm backing them. Owen? Oh, well, um, this is a bit dull, really. We're all agreeing, and I do agree. Um, Eddie Masterclass, this World Cup, has been brilliant. Um, I'm really, really looking forward to seeing what he... What he does against South Africa, but it'll be clever, and I think it'll work. So I, I would have um, England by nine or ten. Well, as much as I like to disagree with all of you, uh, my, my Japanese won't extend that far. So, uh, so, so I'm going to say uh, England by uh, by six to ten points. Uh, I, I do think they, you know, having beaten Australia, having beaten New Zealand, just know what that sort of momentum that gives you, and I think that they will uh, they'll win and they'll win well off you know on the field, if not on the scoreboard. Um, so yeah that's a resounding four to England uh, let's hope we're not eating large slices of South African humble pie come uh, Monday morning can I ask you a question Lawrence? Yeah. You've only, it's only ever been done once how will you feel as a, as a great member of that 03 <coughs> team is it, will it be a millstone off your back or will you feel no, regret feel, because uh, the only no, one? no no not at all I feel incredible I'm very patriotic I wanted England to kick on that day, one day after we won the World Cup in 2003, unfortunately we weren't very well placed to do that, and uh, and we dropped to, to an all-time low in the in the world rankings, and actually took about a decade, uh, eleven years before we uh, had anything like the sort of setup that was good enough to uh, to take England forward. So you know, I'm I'm absolutely thrilled to bits for you know for this England team, um, for the coach, for the players, for the fans, because I think the you know the the game of rugby is desperately what it needs. Um, you know, New Zealand have, have dominated for 10 years. They've set the standards and Southern Hemisphere have, have, uh, have dominated rugby for so long. And it's exactly what England need. And now, hopefully, you know, we can capitalise on that success. I know I feel having commentated, luckily, in um, in the World Cup in New Zealand, having commentated in, uh, you know, the, the debacle <laughs> that England pr- produced in uh, at Twickenham, where I had to watch, um, you know, Wales and then Australia take us, put us to the sword. It would be wonderful to watch England win. Right, should we talk about the other game? Uh, Wales v New Zealand. Given that it's Warren Gatlin's last game, do you not feel like we should talk about it? It's Steve Hansen's <laughs> last game. I mean, I'd be interested to know if anyone went to the New Zealand press conference this week and 
asked Steve Hansen if this game felt like kissing his sister, as he referred to on the Lions tour when they finished oh, in a draw. Oh, that's that great Kiwi expression, freezer. isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah, I, mean, I hate that freeze. Yeah. But, um, you know, does the Welsh rugby public really appreciate what Gatlin's done for them and, and uh, you know, give them the way that they went out last week against South Africa and... And what next for the Welsh squad? And, and I guess what next for New Zealand? Is it good for the game that the All Blacks aren't going to win three in a row? I think we all agreed on that. But uh, is this a game that's, that, that really everyone needs to be put through? Or is it, I mean, or is it purely just for the commercial? I think it's, for, it's largely commercial. But I think both coaches would like to go out you know, on, on a high because yeah, I, I know that Steve Hansen has got so much expectation. But Warren, I think, would probably be more devastated that he's not in the final. Mm. I, and I don't think I don't think people realise. I think Welsh people t- are starting to realise, first of all, how tiny a rugby nation Wales really is, and B, in my opinion, Gatlin is the greatest coach they've ever had. Mm. John Dawes, whatever they, whatever they were, all those guys, all the golden era, they are pitifully inadequate mm. to to deal with the professional era. They got not a single decent rugby team down there. And Gatland has been an absolute joy, and he's become more well, as well, Welsh as the Welsh. I mean, we must, Steve, we, do, you, do you not? Do, do you? I think you sort of suggested that both coaches are happy. Would well, no, it's both coaches are keen to play the the game. That the, the yeah. third, fourth. Do, no, I said. Do, 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 given the choice, do you not think every, any losing semi-finals would just rather go? Thank you, we're done. And that's it. Yes, they would. I think but in normal Lord, circumstances they would. But yeah. given that that both of these guys are now coaching their last game of international, you rugby, think they'd rather play this game than just go? Yeah, I think they would. It's been a brave but disappointing conclusion. I know the finances would preclude this, but I would much rather Friday's game be a plate final. <laughs> Involving teams who didn't qualify. Yeah. I'm not quite sure where you. The best two non qualifiers. I'm not quite sure where you draw the line, whether it would just be the bottom two in each pool or whether you'd include the losing quarter finalists in it. But Another in, typically good suggestion. Yeah, well, the R- it's actually yeah. not mine. The RFU proposed this. When was it the 07 World Cup? They, mm. they bid to host and. Yeah, they got, was, we got one vote. Was, yeah, it was, and it was part of their proposal was, was yeah. that you run, a, you run a plate competition so that the competition doesn't end. For the likes of Uruguay and um, Fiji. Fiji and Georgia mm. and some of those teams who've Italy who, who brought you know, Scotland some, some great moments. <laughs> you'd be you'd be naughty though, Sophie. <laughs> yeah, they brought some great they moments in World Scotland. Cup, but they were yeah. they went home weeks ago now, and yeah. it would be lovely if Friday night's game for me. I'd much rather watch the, a plate final or yeah. however you would want to phrase it totally. than a third place playoff. Agreed. The finances would, would preclude it, obviously, but I'd be much more interested in that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, presumably, given uh, the the resources in both squads, we can't see much past New Zealand beating Wales at yeah. this point. I mean, it's going to be an All Black victory, isn't, uh, isn't it? Just who 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 wants it or who cares? Well, there's several. Who, ha- who hasn't been in the pub all week? Several. Isn't that what several it is? Well, it used to be, but I think it's probably not quite the same these days because. Uh, because of what's at stake in terms of, uh, of going back home to their respective countries. But it, I don't think we can see beyond a New Zealand victory. No, I really. thought New Zealand would, would win. Because they've got a bigger squad and a fresher squad, I would, have, I would have said. Just a final reminder, Friday the 1st of November, Wales v New Zealand, 9am UK time in Tokyo. And then, of course, the main event, the Rugby World Cup final 2019, Saturday the 2nd of November, England v South Africa, again, 9am from Yokohama. So, will it be Owen Farrell or Siu Kolisi who lifts the Webb Ellis Trophy? The Ruck returns on Monday for the definitive review of the 2019 Rugby World Cup final and this magnificent tournament in Japan. Never miss an episode. Subscribe now via Acast, iTunes or your preferred podcast provider. Well done. Well done.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.